Hey, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Cheston Podcast. How's everyone doing out there? Oh, it's a lovely Tuesday morning. It's pretty early. It's raining out here in Texas, Dallas, Texas, the DFW area to be exact. Oh, I love it. Um, we're still, what? Uh, dang, we're about to end January. February is about to come. This year is about to, I see it's moving fast, just like 2022. <laughs> not slowing down, but let's just go ahead and get into the hot topics for the week of January 16th to January 22nd. All right, Madonna announces the Celebration World Tour. Oh my God, I'm so freaking excited. I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, I am a big Madonna fan, but I would, I don't know. I wouldn't say like I'm, you know what? I take that back. I am. I am a big Madonna fan. I love Madonna. I've always loved Madonna. And I'll always, I always will love Madonna. But anyways, she announced that she's doing um, her upcoming The Celebration World Tour. She already released dates all over the U.S. Um, so far, she released 35 cities. Um, the tour starts in, uh, it starts July 15th in Vancouver. And um, it will wrap in Amsterdam on December 1st. But that's changed because she recently added 13 additional shows um, due to the high demand in uh, ticket sales. Um, mind you, tickets went on sale January 20th, so they just recently went on sale. Um, but due to the uh, pre-sale, the high demand that basically, I guess, that a lot of tickets were sold in the pre-sale, in the, in the pre-sale, so they added 13 additional shows. So, like, that's pretty major. That's good, you know, because this tour is going to be celebrating four decades. So over 40 plus years of music and creativity and eras. Like, I, I don't know how Madonna is going to do this. I don't know because <laughs> there's so much material. There's so many different looks, so many different types of music. Like, I, it's just going to be cool to see how she packs this all into what, a three hour four hour show probably not even four hours who's gonna want to sit there for four hours so what a three hour show it's probably gonna be four hours i don't know but i know that it's gonna be amazing she said it's gonna be celebrating you know the four 40 plus years that she's you know put into the music industry so it's gonna be celebrating music and the city she loves the most new york so i could see like she's probably gonna do a lot of um set themes placed um, based in new york like a lot of the the, the sets that she's going to have are going to be inspired by new york city so i mean it's going to be really cool you know and madonna she puts money into her shows so i've never seen a madonna show that was um in my lifetime i didn't i never seen her in the 80s or the early 90s like i've seen madonna from i mean i haven't seen her live but i mean like her touring i've seen her you know on tv and stuff probably from 95 on and all them tours made major major money like she's she's like the queen of touring basically for female artists okay and just to throw this in bob the drag queen will be the special guest on all her tour dates so that's going to be basically like her mc and he he's bob the drag queen is is dope she's really great at what she does um, I think she'll be awesome as an MC. Bob the Drag Queen is very, very funny. Um, for those who are not familiar with Bob the Drag Queen, um, she's from RuPaul's Drag Race. I think she actually was a winner. She was a winner. She did win um, from one of the seasons. I cannot remember. I'm sorry. And that's no disrespect to her. But um, th this is going to be cool. I think it's going to be a really good um, show. Uh, um, 
Now, mind you, Madonna is 64 now. So, um, I, I mean, I haven't seen her. I, I've, I mean, you know, like anybody, it's life. We all age. We all get older. I'm just excited to see her put on a show and, and just celebrate her career. Because without Madonna, there wouldn't be a lot of female artists today. And, and that's no disrespect. That's no... And, and I know a lot of people... I'm not even going to go into it because this would be like such a deep conversation if I really get into it. But I'm just going to say you got to give Madonna her props because without Madonna, female artists wouldn't be so free to express themselves sexually. And now, you know, because of the Me Too movement and everything, you you can't slut shame. Like it's not you. It's looked down upon now. You can't slut shame somebody back then. Madonna was slut shamed all the damn time and she took it on the chin. That's one of the things, one of the reasons why I liked her is that she never played victim. She just kept it pushing like, okay, this is what people think of me, but I don't care because I know who I am and I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. <laughs> like, she's so rebellious about it. I think that's what I loved about Madonna. She didn't care. She didn't care. All right. But I do want to keep, like I was saying before, she's like the queen of touring. So I just want to point this out. This is like a fact. You can look this up. Google it if you have to. Madonna's Sticky and Sweet Tour, her tour that ran from August 2008 to September 2009, it still remains the highest growing tour ever by a female artist. That's why she's the queen. Okay. Um, I, you know, I love Madonna. I have no issue with Madonna. You know, like I said before, she's the blueprint. I feel like if if she was not there to, uh, especially for the LG, okay, hold on, the LBGTQIA plus community, I feel like she's one of the main artists that really, especially for gay men, she, especially in the 90s, she made it to where she, you know, she put a lot of gay themes in her videos and stuff because she wanted the public to get used to seeing, you know, gay interactions, gay relationships, because as she said it, but, you know, back in the 90s, it's normal. It, it, that's it's life. That's you know, it's everyday life. You may not, you know, people may not, you know, she was just trying to get people used to seeing it. So it wouldn't be such a shock. It wouldn't be such an out, outrage like it, it is normal, you know, hey. Like I said, I give my props to Madonna. I have no hate towards her. Moving on. J-Lo reveals that she was originally planned to be a part of the iconic VMA performance with Madonna and Britney Spears. Now, this was the performance in 2003. Yes. The VMA performance 2003 where Madonna, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera and Missy Elliott all came out together, did a little medley, did the whole thing, and then you kept on seeing the shots of Justin Timberlake looking jealous, <laughs> looking mad that... He wasn't involved in it for some reason. I don't know. But he, he did look kind of pressed if you kept on, if you look at the old footage. He did look kind of look pissed that Britney was having this moment. Now, mind you, that they just broke up. Britney and him, at that moment, they, they like just were done. Probably not even that long. It probably was like probably a few months. I don't know. I, I don't know. Because I think they broke up in 2002. If that performance was in 2003. So it still was fresh. Probably was like a year. Or some months, like nine months after they broke up or something. I don't know. But um, anyways, J-Lo's saying that performance that I'm sure a lot of us remember, She was. Um, she's saying that she was supposed to be a part of that. 
This is what she's alleging. She's saying that she was filming a movie in Canada at the time, um, but she did meet Madonna and Britney at Madonna's house, and they were talking about doing this performance, obviously. Um, but in the end, she couldn't do it. Um, she couldn't do it because she couldn't get off the film. She couldn't um, stop filming. Which film it was, I have no idea. Whatever film came out in 2003, 2004 is probably the film that she um, was working on that she couldn't make this performance. And then the kicker is, is that she's like, and who did they get? You? If you guys seen the footage of this interview, they actually ask her and she like responses, J-Lo, um, J Jennifer Lopez, she responds to the question. She's talking about it. And then at the end, she's like, and who did they get to do it? Like she didn't know who was part of that iconic performance. Christina Aguilera, duh. Um, but it just, I kind of scratched my head because I, I felt like that performance to me was Madonna kind of not passing the torch, but her approval on the girls that were, you know, big and pop at the time, which was Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. So I feel like she was just, you know, taking her hats off to them, basically saying, you know, um, I approve of these two. These two are coming up under me. I, you know, these two are going to be the next, you know, big things like me, basically. That's what I felt like that performance was. It was kind of like Madonna's stamp of approval on Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. And um, looking at it now, the performance, maybe because I was younger back then and maybe because I was so hyped about it, um, it was to me like a crazy performance when I was younger. I was like, oh my God, I, you know, I loved it. But now that I'm older, it kind of is like, mm, I mean, not saying it was a bad performance because it wasn't, you know, Britney Spears was cute. Christina Aguilera was cute. Like it was it was a dope performance. It was cute how they all, you know, to pay homage to Madonna's first performance of her, you know, on a cake, a wedding cake and a wedding dress for like a virgin. And then that had to be like 20 years later. It, it did. It, it was right. Because I think that performance of like the virgin was in 1983 of the VMAs. And then 2003 would be 20 years. Yeah, that makes sense. And she brought out Britney Spears and Chris Aguilera to, you know, um, do the medley, basically like a virgin. But I honestly cannot picture Jennifer, picture Jennifer Lopez in this performance. I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't see where she would fit in. Um, I mean, she was huge at the time, not taking that from her. But I just don't see how she, I think it was, actually, it was, you know, it, to me, it's fate for Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears to do it. I feel like it was meant for them to do that performance. Um, no Tino shade to J-Lo. I'm not saying that she couldn't have done it. I, I'm just saying, I don't think it would have been as exciting um, to see, because even at that time, um, people, a lot of people were pitting uh, Britney Spears and Chris Angler against each other, like, you know, who's the bigger artist, who's the bigger pop star, you know, it, it was, it was a big thing, the media was doing it, and even then, at that moment, you know, Chris Angler got salty, because everybody was focusing on Britney Spears kissing Madonna, and kind of missed that Christina Aguilera kissed Madonna, too, um, which got Christina Aguilera really, really mad, I don't know if anybody remembers this, she was salty, that girl has always had a chip on her shoulder about Britney Spears. I don't I don't know why, because they're two different types of artists. You would think that she would always have in her mind that it's people doing this. It's not Britney. But because people were doing, you know, putting pitting them against the media was pitting them against each other. 
she took that and got angry over it and started lashing out on Britney Spears. This was all after this performance happened. I remember it so vividly. If you guys even remember down to when they both did interviews for Blender magazine, Christina Aguilera was on like the cover the month before, and then Britney Spears was on the, the cover the next month. And then in Christina Aguilera, Christina Aguilera's you know interview, she was talking crap about Britney Spears. The magazine basically told Britney Spears on the net, you know, she was the next cover. It basically told her everything that she was saying in her interview and wanted, one, wanted a response from Britney Spears, which she did. Britney Spears gave her, it was, it was very entertaining, <laughs> entertaining at the time for, you know, for a teenager like myself that was witnessing all that. It was very entertaining, but um, like I was saying before, I don't think I, I I can't see Jennifer Lopez in that performance. Honestly, no tea, no shade. Not trying to be mean. I just feel like that was a situation that was not meant to be. If they were planning on having her in the performance, so all right, moving on. HBO's The Last of Us um, scores the second largest debut ever with 4.7 million viewers. It's second to the House of the Dragon premiere, okay? I don't know if anybody's been watching that show. Um, it's a new show called The Last of Us on HBO. It's based off of a video game. It was a video game before it became a show, which has a lot of people excited. I've checked it out. Um, I'm not even going to lie to you. I The first time I checked it out, I really wasn't paying attention, but I was like, you know what? Let me give it a chance. I did love it. It's one of my favorite new shows. I can't wait to see. It's kind of eerie. Um... I hope what's going on in the show cannot really actually happen. What's going on? Like, I, I hope it doesn't translate to what can happen in real life because it's very scary. I don't want to give too much away. Um, if anybody's looking for something new to watch, something, you know, um, that will keep them on the edge of their seat, keep them, you know, glued to the TV, I suggest you watch The Last of Us. Um, there are some slow parts. It does get slow, but you got to I feel like you have to go through those slow parts to get to to know the whole story. So, don't, you know, don't don't do not not pay attention in those slow moments because they do tie into what's, you know, the whole story, what's going on, basically. Um, but it is a great show. I was one of the four point seven million viewers that tuned in. Um, obviously this is great news for the house. I mean the house, sorry, the last of us. It's great news for them because that means that they're going to automatically get renewed. Whenever you do great numbers at HBO, they want to renew you. So, um, big ups to them. We'll be watching. I'm basically, I'm glued in for this whole season. Like I really want to see what's going to happen. Um, I did not play the video game. I did not even know it was a video game, but, um, excuse me, sorry, more power to it. Great show, like I said. If you're looking for something new to watch, check out The Last of Us on HBO. You will not be disappointed. Moving on, 2023 Met Gala theme announced. We find, we, you know, Met Gala. What it's about? I want to say between March and May. I really don't. Hold on, let me. I can actually look. Hold on, let me go into my phone real quick. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so Met Gala. It's coming up, actually. I want to say it's in May, but I just want to make sure before it is actually... Uh, yes, it is. It's May. Okay. So, Met, the Met Gala for 2023, it's normally in May every year, annually. Um, every year, it's in, it's in May. But this year, they announced the theme. The theme will pay homage to Carl Lagerfeld. I don't know if anybody remembers Carl. Um, he was... 
oh my gosh, he worked for Fendi, he worked for Chanel, he worked for a few big fashion houses, and he's the dude with the white hair that was always, you know, always looked dressed up, always looked clean, very European, <laughs> but um, wore gloves and everything with the glasses. Um, anyways, the dress code, it's, it's in honor of him, so the dress code at the Met Gala this year, it's um, quote-unquote in honor of Carl, that's the, the theme, that's the name of the theme. And they already need, um, named a few co-chairs. I'm sure they're going to be adding more. But so far, they have Dua Lipa, Michaela Coel, um, and Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz, yes. Those have been named as the co-chairs so far. I'm sure they're going to be adding more. Um, but this is a good theme. A lot of people, you know, Carl, like I said, he Lagerfeld, he's designed for Chanel, Fendi. I'm sure th there's more. I'm not even naming his whole resume but he's been a part of a lot of big fashion couture houses so this is going to be a good met gala um now i'm hearing there's some whispers but i'm hearing a lot of people like the big stars going to show up like how we've been seeing big stars showing up at the award shows this year i think the same thing is going to happen with the met gala so we're going to see nikki beyonce rihanna like good star power energy at the met gala this year i'm so excited great theme can't wait to see what people are going to be popping up and wearing. Okay, moving on to the next subject. Kim Kardashian purchases Princess Diana's iconic diamond cross necklace. Okay, for those who don't know, Kim Kardashian has this thing where she shows up to these private auctions for, you know, pat for uh, deceased celebrities. And she likes to buy something <laughs> that they, they once owned. Um, nothing wrong with it, I guess. That's just an extreme fan, I guess, if, if that's what you want to call it. But um, the piece, the, the diamond cross necklace, it was auctioned off and it went for um, Kim. She paid $197,453 for the necklace. Um, the necklace is the Atala Cross. Uh, Princess Diana wore it in 1987 at a London charity gala. Um, the Gerard jewelry company let diana borrow the piece for the event in 1987 so it, it wasn't even princess diana's it was a, a borrowed piece of jewelry that she happened to wear um at a charity gala and was photographed with so everybody basically you know named the necklace after princess diana because you know she wore it and she looked so good in it so now um basically kim <laughs> she you know she owns the necklace now she bought it and uh, just a little side note, Kim also owns items from Elizabeth Taylor, Jackie O, and others. Um, also, mind you, she does have a lock of Marilyn Monroe's hair. I, we did see that on camera. I don't know if anybody saw that. So Kim has a real obsession with like old um, Hollywood slash pop culture figures. She likes to like, um, I know that she even owns some things from Michael Jackson. She's bought like hats and jackets of his that he's previously worn so she can give them to Northwest, which is crazy to me because those are collector's items. You know, those are things he probably could have gave to his family, but that's a whole nother conversation. Obviously, you know, if they were auctioned off, it's fair game, I guess you could say. Um, but congrats to Kim Kardashian. I wonder what she's going to do with the necklace. You know, she's going to wear it. You know, Kim. She's gonna be f walking around, and first of all, the diamond—it's—it's it's a the the uh, the diamond cross necklace is beautiful. It has like purple diamonds in it. It's like gorgeous. Um, 
it is it's a really nice necklace and i could see how it could you know could go for dang near 200k you know so i'm i'm not shocked but um congrats to kim again i'm sure she's just adding to her collection she's going to be at them private silent auctions for deceased celebrities <laughs> all the time i see all right moving on alec baldwin uh he will be charged for the fatal shooting of cinematographer helena hutchins on the rust movie set okay i don't know if you guys remember this story where um alec baldwin he has a movie uh, uh, titled rust it's like a western movie basically and on it he's acting in it and he's a producer on the movie um but i don't know uh, this was like i don't know when it exactly happened but probably a year i want to say it happened in 2021 i think i think 2021 is when this happened so about two years ago um Basically, on the movie set, they were going through the props, playing with everything, um, and the cinematographer got shot with one of the guns that was supposed to be like a blank or... Anyways, it was loaded. The gun was actually loaded. One of the prop guns was actually loaded, and um, it was... uh, Somebody pulled the trigger, and the cinematographer, Helena, she got hit and ended up up passing. So, yes, somebody died on the movie set, but... It's all happened in Santa Fe, Mexico, um, New Mexico, sorry, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And um, moving again, continuing on, Santa Fe, the the Santa Fe district attorney um, is charging Alec Baldwin, um, saying that he pulled the trigger as the actor and had a duty to make sure the set was safe as a producer. Okay. Um, now, I don't know. I, I, I think I've I think I brought this up before, but I don't know. Everybody was saying, um, first of all, the, the telling thing before this even this movie even got into production, like they even started shooting this movie, um, they were all trying to uh, basically Alec Baldwin was not trying to hire anybody, uh, any stunt people in a union like he was basically trying to find anybody that was basically take the pay he was wanting to pay to do these stunts. Um, but basically a lot of stunt people like professional stunt people that did you know um basically went on set to check it out but they ultimately ended up quitting because they found everything unsafe they you you can look this up this is all you can you can research this i promise you google this they all were saying that they did not want to work on the movie the movie set rust the alec baldwin movie because they found that a lot of the you know, things on set were unsafe. And Alec Baldwin was not trying to pay, you know, he was not trying to, basically he was trying to lowball people. He was trying, he was trying not to pay. And on top of that, he was trying to make sure he hired somebody that was not in a union just in case something did go off. He wouldn't have no type of, um, you know, uh, a strike against him, a union strike against him, anything like that. Basically he was trying to cook, cut corners, cut costs. And it, it backfired big time, okay? So anyways, um, the district attorney goes on to say Baldwin, Alec Baldwin will be charged with involuntary manslaughter. Um, also, the film's head armorer is also charged with involuntary manslaughter. And they both face a max of five, pri- uh, five, five, sorry, they both face a max of five years in prison, Okay. Now, Alec Baldwin, he's maintaining his innocence, saying that it was an accident, that he didn't pull the trigger. But the uh, Santa Fe DA is saying that they had forensics come in and they basically 
have proof that it was Alec Baldwin that did pull the trigger, causing uh, cinematographer Helena Hutchins to pass away, to die. Um, mind you, um, the Hutchins family did uh, settle. They did uh, file a wrongful death suit against Alec Baldwin, but they did end up settling. And even her husband has producer credit or executive producer credit on the film, the Rust film. So it sounded like, you know, Alec Baldwin was trying to, you know, um, bury this before it could even get out of hand. Like he was trying to, you know, hush, 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 you know, hush it up. Like, okay, I'm going to settle with you guys. I'm going to make you, you know, give you a producer credit so you can get even more money coming in. But um, as you can see, the Santa Fe DA picked it up, took it in their hands, and they are finding him responsible. And he's now charged with involuntary manslaughter. <laughs> Crazy, right? All right, moving on. The Passion of Christ, the sequel. I don't know if anybody remembers this movie. It was like a huge movie in the early 2000s that came out um, by Mel Gibson. But there's a sequel coming out that's um, going to begin filming this spring. Okay, um, the film is titled The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. All right, Jim Caviezel, he's returning as Jesus, and Mel Gibson is returning as director. Um, now, the plot is about the final three days of Jesus' death, his resurrection, and the hereafter. Okay, and they are um, eyeing for the film to be released late 2024 or 2025. I think that this is, even if it's, you know... First of all, the the whole the the Passion of the Christ was like an epic movie. It was shot well. The story was told well. It it, it they did a very good job. My only my only <laughs> my only and this is this is something somebody brought up to me. My only downfall. My only criticism of the movie is that of the film is that they have Caucasian actors playing these biblical middle eastern people so it's it's interesting to, to say the least but um the story once again the story is like everybody i'm not gonna say everybody because everybody's not christian so i can't say that but um majority of people know the story and that's what made it a success the first time you know the first one that came out was like a major blockbuster hit do i think this could happen again yes um the story of Christ has touched millions of people, so I, I think that th this will also break records. I think a lot of people will show up for this just to see this this part two because the past, the first one was very graphic. Let me just say that th seeing all that and and seeing that story that way be told that way was just like wow. It was it was a, it was a lot, but um. I will be seeing the sequel if it, you know, once it is released. I'm interested to see it. I, I did enjoy the first one. Not not saying it was like a movie, like it was supposed to be entertaining. I don't know how I'm trying to word this, but um, uh, basically I'm saying that I would not be shocked if the sequel is just as successful as the, uh, you know, the first one. So moving on. All right, Beyonce performs in Dubai for 20 million, wait, sorry, let me start that over. Okay, Beyonce performs in Dubai for $24 million at a private show at the Royal Atlantis, okay? Now, I know this is like, came out of nowhere. I was like, what the heck, what the heck she's performing? But yeah, okay, so Beyonce performs at a private um 
it's like a private performance, basically, um, in Dubai. Um, sorry, her performance was a part of um, Atlantis Resort's Grand Reveal Weekend Celebration. Um, the new Atlantis, the Royal in Dubai, it opens next month. That's the name of the resort. It's called um, Atlantis, the Royal in Dubai. Um, basically, this was their celebration for opening. They're going to be opening next month, the resort. So this was like their big, you know, um, grand, not, well, not a, it's not even open yet. So I guess like a celebration, like, Hey, you know, we're going to be opening next month, but you know, check us out now. It, first of all, it's beautiful. The the place is beautiful. The scenery, I swear, I, you know, okay, well, let me, let me get into that. So anyways, Beyonce, I'm, I'm going to get into that. So let me just say this first but Beyonce she had a strict no photo or video policy but tons of footage was taken mind you and leaked all over online and I was watching it <laughs> first of all Beyonce looks amazing she looked amazing and um it just the like I said the venue or the stage whatever whatever part of the resort that is that she was performing at it looked beautiful it was gorgeous so that resort's going to be bomb, you know, once finished. I, I need to go to Dubai and check it out anyways. Um, so everyone at the event had their phones out. You could see it in the footage that was leaked online. Like nobody was listening to her policy. Nobody cared about her policy, obviously. Um, but aside from all that, looking at the footage, Beyonce did not perform any songs off of Renaissance her last uh, CD that just came out um, in July of 2022. She did not perform any songs from there. Um, she reportedly had foot surgery. Um, I didn't even notice, but by the time I started like looking at the footage even more and more, I, I noticed that she was not dancing um, in any of the footage, but she did sound amazing. Beyonce sounded really good. She sounded really amazing, but she was not dancing. And if you can kind of tell when she was walking, she was kind of limping. So I could I could see that um, she did have some type of surgery on her foot. Makes sense. Um, but Variety is reporting that she is in talks with Grammy, um, the Grammy show producers for a possible onstage appearance. Okay. So, meaning the reason why she didn't do Renaissance songs is because she's saving them to do a whole, you know, um, production for the Grammys. So, she's planning on performing the album for the Well, she is nominated for Album of the Year. So, I mean, it makes sense. I could see um, Beyonce waiting to save that moment to, you know, to have her, you know, first world premiere, premiere you know, performance on the Grammys of Renaissance. And, it, I mean... It would make sense that that's kind of smart, you know, to have to to make your first official performance of, you know, this great CD that's nominated for album of the year at the actual award ceremony. So it makes sense. But um, the Grammys are set to come on February 5th. So that's like what, in two weeks? Not, you know, not even, not even long from now, but I hope she does. I hope she heals in time um, to perform renaissance because i really wanted i really wanted to when i heard that she was performing at this private ceremony what i really wanted to see footage of was her performing renaissance songs because i want to see how she's dancing to it i want to see how she's you know moving to the music like it's just i'm excited so hopefully she does this at the grammys next month i will be tuned in 
um, go Beyonce on that payday. <laughs> Basically, you didn't have to dance, girl, and you didn't have to perform any new songs. All you had to do was just get up there. And I mean, but she's like I said, she said if you watch the footage, which uh, they're going to be taking it down. So enjoy it while it lasts. You know, her team, Beyonce and her team, when she doesn't want something up, she's not playing. She's going to have it taken down. So enjoy those videos as much as you can, because Beyonce and her team are going to snatch them down. Um, but um, also, I wanted to point out that she brought out Blue Ivy. That was really cute. You can see Blue Ivy is basically turning into a mini Beyonce. I think that girl is ready to perform. She's ready to take it on herself. I would not be shocked. Um if we like, you know, I'll say a few years from now, not even a few years from now, like five plus years from now, if she decides to, you know, start wanting to be her own artist or start doing her own thing, I would not be shocked. Um, Blue Ivy's giving that. She's giving that. She's She looked comfortable on the stage from the, foot of, from the footage I, I saw. So she looks like she's, she's getting there. She's, you know, making her baby steps. And for Beyonce to even bring her out, that shows a lot, too. You know, it's kind of not, you know, passing the torch because I don't think Beyonce is ready to sit down at any time soon. But I think she's basically giving her stamp of approval like my baby's ready and I'm ready to stay, you know, to share my stage with her so I can show people she is ready. It's pretty beautiful. Full circle moment. But um, like I said, I can't wait to see if she does do Renaissance for the Grammys. I hope so, because I honestly... Even though she told the audience, you know, no photos, no no videos or anything, I think people are just so excited to see her. And also a little salty that she did not put out any of the music videos for Renaissance. So they were like, well, I'm going to get any footage I can because I can't wait. <laughs> I, and I think on top of that, a lot of people thought that she was going to perform um, songs from Renaissance. But I got the set list. I saw the songs that she performed. First of all, she had three sets, Okay. Um, set one, the, the first set, uh, she performed At Last, EXO, Flaws and All, Ave Maria, Halo, Brown Skin Girl, Be Alive. Um, and then the set two, the second set, um, Other Side, Bigger, Spirit, Freedom, I Care, Beautiful Liar. And then the third set, the final set, um, she did Crazy in Love, Countdown, Naughty Girl, and Drunk in Love. And she closed the, the, sh she closed the show with Drunk in Love. Mind you, self-titled, that, that song that Drunk in Love is from, that album, self-titled Beyonce, it is now the 10-year anniversary of that album. So I can see Beyonce, that's probably going to be the song that she's going to have closing the shows for her tour this summer. She's going to be like closing the shows with um, songs from self-titled Beyonce. Because it's the 10-year anniversary. It makes sense. I don't know. But that was the set. I've seen her do all these songs. But like I said, the footage I saw, she sounded amazing. You know, Beyonce's voice sounds like it's getting stronger. She's taking care of it. I don't know what she's doing. But continue to do what you do, girl. Because a lot of other singers, you know, when they get in their 40s, that's when a lot of things start to sound different. <laughs> but Beyonce sounds amazing. So continue doing that, girl. Um, I can't wait to see if she really does, you know, I, I, I know for a fact she's going to be at the Grammys. I just want to see if she's going to actually do Renaissance. So fingers crossed that she does do Renaissance at the Grammys. All right. Well, that was all the hot topics. 
for this week, okay? Make sure you subscribe, share, and like on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and YouTube. Make sure to follow the Cheston Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. A new episode will be uploaded next Tuesday, all right? So I will see you at uh, next Tuesday. Or make sure you check out, you know, all the platforms next Tuesday. A new episode will be uploaded, okay? All right, you guys. Thank you. Peace.